0: Hey, everyone, Bill Gianone here. Welcome back to the CrustCast. Um, today, I'm going to start the first of a four blog series. And the title of this series is how do you measure up? I specifically want to talk about different ways of setting your KPIs and measuring the success or failure of your company. Not just yourself and not just your overall company, but the individuals. And I'm going to break this down into the four main sections of your normal business cycle. I'm going to talk about how to measure your marketing, how to measure your sales, how to measure your production, and then how to measure your invoice and collections. Yeah, there are some other things. There's some admin stuff that you can talk about. We could talk about, you know, keeping the warehouse clean and things like that. But let's stick to the four main parts of a project marketing for that job, signing that job up, getting that job done, and then getting the money in for that job. This first blog is gonna be about marketing. We're gonna talk about how do you measure marketing? You know, so many of us in the industry understand that marketing is so different in restoration than it is in just about any other business. As a matter of fact, in most businesses outside of restoration, Marketing is combined with sales, and somebody who is a marketer is really a salesman and a marketer combined, and you'll even see that in most companies. You'll see the term sales and marketing is one division. The goal is, of course, if you're a marketer or a salesman, you're out there and you're developing relationships and you're schmoozing the customer, you're introducing the product, but your ultimate goal as that marketer is to come back with a piece of paper, which represents an order. If you're offering a service, somebody's going to use that service. If you're offering a a product, they're going to buy that product. And that's generally what we know of as sales and marketing. In our industry, it's very, very different. Our marketers are out there and their ultimate goal is not revenue-based. We're going to talk about that as we talk about the different numbers. But just understand that right now, the ultimate goal of a marketer is not to generate revenue. The ultimate goal of a marketer is to get the phone to ring. So many other factors come into play between getting the phone to ring and having the money come in. And we're gonna discuss all them, but that shows you how far removed the marketer is from the actual collection of revenue. So let's talk about what a marketer does. A marketer goes out there and they introduce you and your services to lead sources. Again, in our industry, most of our clients, if you're doing residential water restoration, most of our clients are not the people we're marketing to. We generally don't market directly to homeowners. With the idea that homes flood every 20 to 25 years, we would literally have to market to tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, possibly even millions of homeowners to get the phone to ring a few hundred times a year. That would be a horrifically bad return on investment if we had to go that way. So what we do instead is we, and we all know this, I'm not saying anything new. We go out and we find areas where we know certain people get the call if there's a flood in a home, plumbers, agents, other HVAC type companies, anywhere where, you know, even roofers, carpet cleaners, things like that, people that, you know, get called when homeowners have water in their house. There's a far greater chance of one plumber giving you 30 jobs, than advertising in an entire town to the extent that you could touch a thousand homes. That one plumber is going to give you more chances at jobs. So let's make sure we understand that a marketer is responsible for opening up opportunities for the company through viable, reliable lead sources. They're very rarely, if ever, involved with the homeowner. Sometimes a company might have a system set up where the marketer is the person who gets the first lead call, and that might be calling from the plumber who's talking to the homeowner. So they might have a little tiny interaction with that homeowner, but generally speaking, the marketer is not involved in any part of that job whatsoever. That's a good thing, obviously, because in a well run company, you want the marketer to be doing their job, which is introducing your company to other lead sources and keeping that going and not taking time out of their marketing schedule to be involved in either sales or production. So it's important to understand all marketers, generally speaking, are not responsible for revenue generation. Yes. Getting the phone to ring more results in more revenue if everything else goes well. So, let's talk about how do we keep score? How do we measure the success of our marketers? Well, I'm going to give you three different tiers of marketing measurement. The first measurement is for the zero to six month. You just hired a marketer, they come on board. What should be their expectation? What should you expect as the owner or the manager from that marketer over the next? six months, which are the first six months. Those first six months, you should be able to measure how many visits they're making in a day and how many new lead sources they're able to get information on to introduce to the company. You understand, I did not say anything about getting the phone to ring. Is it realistic to expect that the phone should ring in the first six months? Absolutely but I'm telling you to measure their success. I can't give you a number of phone rings. What I can tell you that if they are doing the right things in the first six months, they're spending their week visiting anywhere from 75 to 100 potential lead sources. They're making anywhere from 12 to 15 visits a day And they're really grinding out. So even if 100 might be a little much, because that would probably be 20 a day, let's call it 60 to 75, 12 to 15 visits a day. There's no reason why a new marketer in your territory can't go out and at least try to touch 12 to 15 brand new lead opportunities. Okay. In that week, they should be able to get information from at least a quarter of those. So if they're doing 60 to 75, a quarter of that would be 15 to 20. Every single week, they should be able to get the names of 15 to 20 new potential lead sources. Remember, we're in the infancy stages here. Those aren't people who are giving you work. Those aren't even people that might give you work. They're just new lead sources. We need for your new marketer to do that for three months. The following three months, they need to take all those names of those 15 to 20 that they put into a book every single week for the first couple of months, and they need to start really aggressively visiting them. And if properly trained and they understand how and what to say, start developing those relationships. Just as an aside, um, my partner, Dick Wagner, is the marketing guru, and he works with a lot of CREST members as the director of marketing for their companies. And he spends a heck of a lot of time coaching marketers on this specific part of their responsibility matrix. Okay, I'm just giving you some numbers, how you can measure their success. Make sure they're doing 12 to 15 visits a day for the first at least two months. And then months three through six, make sure they're taking that list of those people that they've met and the names that they've gotten And then they're aggressively working that to make sure that they can get the phone to start ringing. That's what I call the first tier of numbers. The second tier of numbers, the second way to measure is from month seven to month 12. Now I want you to measure both their visits, which again, I don't want to get into too much detail, but they need to break up their visits basically at least 50-50, where 50% of the time they're scouting out and finding new opportunities and trying to introduce the company to new lead sources. And the other 50% of the time is spent making sure that the existing lead sources who are starting to respond and give you leads, that they're well taken care of. Because out of sight, out of mind is a real habit in our industry. You can't let months go by without being in the face of your lead sources. Even if they're calling, you have to stay top of mind. Okay. So they're going to be doing that, but you're going to measure that. You also need to now start measuring how many leads their lead sources are generating. Okay. That's really important. They need to have expectations. What are those numbers? I think by the end of the first six month period, they should be generating anywhere from six to eight leads a month. I call it two a week in that period of time when they're introducing and developing the first wave of new contacts, that should be enough to generate six to eight leads from month seven on. They need to be in the double digits. They need to start getting to 10, 12, 15 leads. The goal For every strong, solid marketer is that by the end of the first full year, they're generating close to 20 leads a month. That's a real sweet spot. And we're going to talk, when I talk in parts two, three, and four about the sales production and invoicing process, we're going to talk more about what happens when that many leads get generated. But just suffice it to say, at the end of year one, we're going to want to make sure that they're getting close to that 20 lead a month number. Okay, a real sweet spot for me is 200 leads a year. To do 200 leads a year, you need to generate about 18 leads a month. So 200 leads a year is what we're going to talk about when we get to phase three. When we get to phase three, that's what I mean by year two. Year one, we broke into phase one and phase two. That was the first six months, the second six months. Now we're in phase three, which is year two. For year two, they need to keep doing the visits and you need to clock that. You need to absolutely clock the leads and our goal for this year now is 200 leads for the year minimum. But we also need to start clocking revenue because we need to have an expectation of how many of those leads are turning into jobs. I'm here to tell you, Early on, your closing ratio on those leads from a traditional marketer is somewhere in the 55, 60% range. The reason being is because many times in their zeal and excitement of getting the leads to come in, they're really not educating their lead sources about what a quality lead is. We all know if we've got a really good plumber, chances are he's not calling us unless he's standing ankle deep in water. So we know that the closing ratio for that guy is really high, but we also know a new marketer might not be the first person to sit there and say to a plumber, Oh, by the way, don't call me unless you're standing in the water and it's ankle high. The plumber might see that there's some water under a sink and not sure if it's just something to wipe up or if it's something that became more serious as a new marketer. That's the kind of call we want to get into the company. We don't want the plumber to have to make a decision on what they think is appropriate. So we kind of tell our plumbers when we're marketing really early on, hey, call me with everything. So when they call you with everything, there's a good chance you're going to get some more of those what I'll call not quality leads. That's okay. We still count their leads as leads and we still are happy when they do 18, 20 leads. But in the second year, Once we start to establish who our good lead sources are, that further communication, remember I said those visits are very important, staying top of mind. Now those communications that the marketers are having can be a little more educational. They've developed that good rapport. They know they're not going to leave us. So we have to just make sure that we're educating them on what is a quality lead. So there's a chance that the marketers' leads are going to go from 20 to 25 But then at the end of that year, as education takes place, the leads might start dropping off a little bit, but the trade-off is the leads are gonna drop off a little bit, but the closing ratio is gonna go up because all the good leads are still gonna come in. You're just gonna eliminate some of those poorer leads. So the result is, your salesmen, your production guys, and your invoice people are going to be much happier because now the closing ratio is going up, which means their work isn't being kind of wasted by going out and making estimates and assessing damage. That really is just kind of helping out the plumber to understand things. Once we get into year two and those things are being explained to the plumber, we really have a good advantage because now we can educate them and our closing ratio is going to go up Our leads might go down slightly, but the quality is gonna go up. Once all that happens, towards the end of year two, your marketer should have a ton of confidence. And guess what? That learning curve for the new guys isn't gonna be as steep because the confidence of your marketer in them being able to onboard and train new lead sources is a huge time saver. I'm just telling you as an owner, this three-phase, two-year process is how we're supposed to measure their success. If you're giving this the 90-day approach and you're saying, well, if my marketer's not paying for themselves in 90 days, I'm getting rid of them, you're pretty much setting yourself up for immediate failure. You're never going to be able to grow your company. Marketing is like planting a seed. You're not planting a small plant, putting it in the ground and watering it right away, hoping for new leaves to come on in a few weeks. You're planting a seed. It's going to take a while before you see anything pop out of the ground. But just remember, as long as you plant that seed and you protect that seed and you water that seed, as it continues to grow and you keep supporting that, you're going to get something that has a very strong root base and a very strong foundation. That is the longest, long-term, best way for you to have success. Keep that in mind when you're thinking about how you measure your marketers. Guys, I want to thank you for spending a few minutes with me. Um, Like I said, this is the first of a four-part blog series. The next blog we're going to put out is going to be, how do you measure your sales team? We're going to go through the entire process from marketing all the way to invoicing, and we're going to go step by step. So thank you for joining me for the marketing blog. The next blog you'll be able to, catch up on is going to be the sales blog. On behalf of everyone at the Crest Network, this is Bill Gino, And thank you so much for joining us. And I really appreciate it. You have a great day. Bye-bye.